Hey, what's up, everyone? I hope you had a good week. This is your host, Josh Cuellar. I get the privilege to serve as Next Gen Pastor at First Baptist Church of Las Cruces. And this is the podcast, Does the Bible Actually Say That? Where we look at common phrases that are misattributed to the Christian scriptures and ask ourselves, Does the Bible Actually Say That? Well, welcome back, everyone. It is October 21st, which is kind of just blowing my mind right now. It feels like it should still be uh, March 21st, but we're already almost rounding out this year, which is crazy. But we're really excited in the Queer household for Halloween that's coming up in a few days, and we've already started uh, doing a couple things. We carved pumpkins with our son last weekend which was awesome we loved it but uh for my wife and i we always growing up had this kind of tenuous relationship with halloween we grew up as ministers kids if you don't know that and uh we did a lot of harvest slash fall festivals growing up not a lot of halloween which if you don't know what a harvest slash fall fest is it's halloween without calling it halloween you still dress up in costumes and you still eat candy and you play games, and it's really awesome. But um, anyways, we're excited to celebrate it with our two-year-old son. He's already got his costume picked out. And it just had me thinking about uh, just Halloween in general and, um, yeah, and about dressing up. My favorite costume, one of my favorites, was uh, I got to dress up as Luke Skywalker. And uh, my parents were really good about repurposing costumes or making our own. And so I wore one of my dad's uh, shirts that was tan and I had a, like a belt on and we made our own lightsaber out of a wrapping paper tube that was wrapped in green cellophane and it was amazing. I still uh, think about that to this day and maybe I'll post a picture on in the show notes. Maybe not. We'll see. But we're going to dig into our part two of this series within a series of biblical hermeneutics and just kind of taking a broader look about how we study the Bible. That's my hope, prayer. I've been saying it all along that you would be able to understand the scriptures better, but because, not just because we want to learn facts, like uh, we know facts about our favorite athlete, but because we want to know personally the true and living, powerful and close God. And so we're going to continue this series now. So just a real quick recap. Uh, if you hadn't listened to part one from last week, I would encourage you to just go real quick and listen to part one. But real brief introduction, biblical hermeneutics is the how we study the Bible. Hermeneutics has to do with how we uh, ascertain or how we gain truth or knowledge based on a text. And so since this is biblical hermeneutics, this is how do we understand and gain the knowledge, and then for our purposes, actually grow in Christ-likeness from reading the scriptures. So if our goal in biblical hermeneutics, one of our main goals, is to understand what the original authors intended or what they meant when they wrote their text. And if that's true, if our goal is to understand the author's intent, we got to ask good questions. And so one of the reasons we ask good questions is to understand the context in which they are writing uh, about these things. So one of the things I want you all to remember is that context is key in biblical hermeneutics. It's key in good and uh, helpful Bible study. Context is key. 
So one of the ways we gain context is, of course, by asking good questions. Um, and so we can ask and we can learn uh, what the context is for the literary style. So uh, there's a lot of different, I don't know if you knew this, but there's a lot of different literary styles within the Bible. As I mentioned last week, the Bible is comprised of many different books written by many different authors, and they're written in different styles. So real quick, some of the styles, uh, literary styles that we find in the Christian scriptures, you have historical narrative, um, those are things like the book of Exodus and um, even maybe the book of Acts in the New Testament. They're telling a story with historical facts. And it's interesting that 43% of our Bible is actually classified as historical narrative. It's important to note that, um, again, just the Bible is concerned with God's people, whether it's the Old Testament, it's the Jewish people, the Israelites, uh, and then in the New Testament, it's uh, believers, uh, Christians, as Jesus Christ comes and lives and dies and rises again. But throughout Old and New, the Bible is concerned with God's people who by faith follow him. So that's why we don't hear a lot about like the the things happening, even though there were a lot of things happening in the in the what we would consider the Far East in Asia, the Asian continent. We don't hear a lot about that in the scripture. Uh, we don't hear, of course, about what's happening in what we call now the Americas, North and South America, because uh, the Bible is telling a story, a factual retelling of the history of God's people in what we call the Middle East now. So another um, just a literary type we find in the Bible is the law. So this is what you would read in uh, Deuteronomy which is really just Moses retelling the Ten Commandments in kind of a sermon type. Um, so the law, we kind of understand that. The scripture that outlines God's law for his people. The greatest example of this is the Ten Commandments we read about in Exodus. Those are just straight, like, commandments, right? But um, it's important when we talk about the Ten Commandments to remember that this is God's law for his people. That it is um, God saying, you are my people already. And if you're my people, if you're my person, this is how my people act. And so um, my people act in ways that they don't have any other gods before me. Um, they don't bow down to idols, etc., etc. And so that's the law. Another literary type is poetry. This is scripture written in verse. This is what we have when we come to read uh, the book of Psalms, even some of the, oh, sorry, yeah, book of Psalms, poetry, uh, you see some poetry in other books as well, kind of just little excerpts. And then uh, the next literary type is wisdom literature. And so this is, of course, Proverbs, even Job kind of gets uh, lumped into here. And this is just meant to be uh, general observations that kind of typically prove to be true um, and so when we come to the Proverbs, we have to remember that Proverbs aren't guarantees. They're not formulas for life that if you do A, B will happen. But rather, like the Proverbs are just observations from um, really smart people that lived a long time ago. And just typically, if you do this, uh, it'll work out in this way. But they are not commands. You see in Scripture, of course, prophecy 
we uh, get caught up a little bit about prophecy as being uh, foretelling the future. You can think of like uh, maybe that conjures up in your head an image of an old lady at a, at a state fair around a crystal ball kind of prophesying over your future or depending on where you come from and what uh, just tribe of Christianity, maybe you had someone prophesy over you at a church service saying that you will be some great minister, that God will really use you, or you'll be a missionary, whatever that might be. In Scripture, sometimes prophecy definitely includes telling something that's going to happen, some future event. We see that. But more often than not, prophecy is is just uh, someone mediating God um, to another person. It's telling the Word of God to someone else. And so that's why it can include the future events, but it doesn't always include future events, prophecy. Um, it's just telling people the Word of God. So um, you've got apocalyptic literature, which is our kind of last literary type, and that's what we read about of course, in the book of Revelation, that's what people will think of first. You see kind of the culmination of all of history, of God's history, moving towards an end in which uh, evil and Satan are finally like just defeated and God finally like fully establishes his reign and kingdom on earth. And we see that realized. Um, that's apocalyptic just means the, the end. Um, and so... You see that in the book of Daniel as well, a little bit as well. And uh, the very, very last one is gospel narratives. This is a historical narrative that uh, makes a claim. So it's a little different than the other historical narratives. It is telling factual events of something that happened, but it's not just uh, like any other history book, but it's actually making a claim, a theological claim, and that claim is that Jesus is Lord that Jesus is God and human in the flesh, that he's come to live the perfect life that we couldn't, to die on the cross, the death we deserved, to experience the wrath and separation and judgment of God the Father that, that was really owed to us, and then that he died for three days and rose again on uh, what we celebrate for Easter, right? And that because of that and believing in that, we can have forgiveness of sin, a right and true relationship established with God in Christ Jesus, be a part of his church and mission, and all those awesome things. So the gospel narrative tells us these things, and those are Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So as we learn which scripture passage we're reading and where it falls in the literary context, uh, another important contextual key is understanding where it fits within the meta narrative. I talked a little bit last week about what meta narrative is. So if you need to go back and take a listen to that, uh, please do. But basically, the meta narrative is the story that God is telling throughout um, all of time, but that we particularly read about in scripture the story of um, creation fall redemption and restoration and so what scripture passage and where does it fit into that meta narrative is important and this kind of brings up another important key to our hermeneutic which is uh, this idea of progressive revelation and so progressive meaning it's continuing and moving forward towards something um, it's adding on 
in Revelation is not like the book of Revelation. Revelation is literally here just meaning to reveal. So when we talk about progressive revelation of of God and who he is in his scriptures, what we're talking about is this idea that God is continuing to reveal himself in scripture and it's building on itself until it finally and fully we see Jesus. And Jesus is the clearest and most perfect uh, vision of who God is because he is God. Fully God, fully man, right? And so this idea that we need to interpret all of scripture through the lens of Jesus Christ and who he is, is really key to our understanding the context. One other important contextual help is reading not just a single verse and i've done this before it's not bad in and of itself but you know where you kind of get readied for your quiet time or your personal worship with the lord and you get your bible and you kind of just flip to a page you point down your finger and then whatever verse it lands on that's the verse you're gonna read and study for the day and that's great until it uh lands on galatians five twelve, and you gotta read that you can look that up later but more uh, helpful, which is the whole point of all that we're doing here in this podcast, is to help you study the scriptures better so that you can know God better as a friend. And so the context, not just within a single verse, but maybe you want to read a passage or maybe even a chapter or as time allows, maybe you want to read a whole book, but you want to read chunks, not just single verses. All right, yet another way we gain context as we read scripture. I actually already mentioned it. It's asking good questions. So this is going to go back to probably elementary school English for you, but asking the W questions. Who, what, where, when, why, how. And asking these questions of the text we're reading will be really helpful in gaining context. So when you come to a verse, a famous verse like John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, it's the first half, ask those questions like, who is this talking about? Well, it's talking about God. For God loved the loved who? The world. Well, how much did he love him? Or how did he demonstrate his love for the world? Uh, he sent his son, Jesus. And so you can kind of see in real time how this works, asking the five W's plus an H. And uh, yeah, gaining greater context. The last thing I'll say uh, in this kind of brutal brief intro into biblical hermeneutics is that unless you speak Konai Greek or ancient Hebrew, you and I are going to need help in understanding uh, the text and that's not a bad thing we just need to know how to find good sources and how to use them well and along with all the things we talked about in this episode and last episode uh, another thing i want to encourage you to do is to find good help in studying the bible uh, talk to a pastor or just a christian you look up to ask them good questions about how they study god's word there are a lot of programs i'll uh, put some in the show notes but programs uh, like logos which is on the computer there's a phone app as well um, they just have unlimited basically resources to study the scripture uh, there's 
things like BibleGateway.com, Uversion app that have some studies on them that are fairly decent and really easy to understand. Uh, our church also uses a system called Right Now Media, which is a bunch of Bible studies, and they have some really great things on there. This guy, Tim Mackey, does a series called The Bible Project, and what that is is he illustrates and gives a brief introduction to each book of the Bible, and that will be super helpful for you as you uh, seek to study the Scripture. So look for help, know how to look for help, where to ask, and where to seek it out, because you and I are going to need help in studying God's Word. Well, as always, my prayer has been that this is a helpful podcast for you, that it just encourages you and helps you in your walk and journey with Jesus, that your faith would grow because of it, that you would be able to know God better as you know a friend, and uh, that we would be able to do that as we study scripture together. So thanks for joining us. Uh, We're going to take a break next week, so we'll see you in two weeks. Have a great day.